world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Good morning. What is this? It's my mom's 100 years and one day today. In the, in, in the grave. And I don't know if she's in heaven. I think I, I talked a little bit about that yesterday. Do we go to heaven when we die? I'm going to have to get that t- together. And I'm going to have to really going to firm that thing up because you always hear people say, oh, well, he's in a better place. Well, maybe dead. <laughs> Bible says he's sleeping. Remember when they raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus showed up and his uh, Mary and Martha came out and said, Lord, if you've been here, he wouldn't have died. He said, dude, he's, he's not dead. He's just asleep. Remember that? Remember that? Lazarus, come forth. So this whole idea of dying and going to heaven and wow. Because see, we live in a we live in a time-space continuum here, meaning there is no time outside of this realm that we're in. That's hard for us to conceive and understand. There is no time. Time is marked by the sun coming up and the sun going down and uh, living another day and keeping it on the calendar and changing of the seasons. That's how time is marked. But on the in the other realm, in the heavenly realm, I don't think time exists. That's why can, God can be all powerful and all knowing and uh, everything at the same time. I think, I, I don't know. Huh? Yeah, that's right, uh, Janine. Remember, the dead in Christ rise first. The dead in Christ. How can they be in heaven if they're, well, don't want to get into that today. Uh, uh, I need some encouragement, and I want to give you some encouragement today. Because I always start off, and my wife, God bless my wife. I, look, folks, I'm one of the most optimistic guys you ever run into in your whole life. I'm either up or getting up. The sun's either up or coming up. It's the way I live my life. Huh? We're going to win. We're not. We're going over. We're not going under. I live my life totally and completely like that. I do. I do. I'm not. A, I'm, I. I. Uh, I don't wallow in misery. I get up. I bounce back. I guess it's probably some of my athletic training. It's the way the Lord made me to be. But you know what? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to come in here every day and be a downer. I don't, want to, I don't want to be. What is grace? Bible says his grace is sufficient. Grace. That'd be a good thing to look up real quick, Spencer. Grace. 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 Well, you could go to Webster. He could probably tell us what grace is. I, I trust Webster more than Miriam Webster. Miriam, she, whenever she came in, she screwed up Webster, in my opinion. So grace is, <clears throat> I know. What's that? Webster's 1828 Dictionary, right there it is. Click on that thing. <laughs> That's my fault because I didn't have it up there. But uh, uh, Webster's, there we go, grace. Favor, goodwill, kindness, disposition to oblige another as a grant made as an act of grace. Appropriately, the free, unmerited love and favor of God. You can't earn it. The spring and source of all the benefits men receive from God. Everything you have is because of grace. 
everything. Unmerited, God gave it to you. You didn't earn it. And if it's by grace and it's no more of works, the favorable influence of God, divine influence, or the influence of the spirit and renewing the heart and restraining from sin, the application of Christ's righteousness to the sinner, where sin abound, grace did much more abound, a state of reconciliation to God, a virtuous or religious affection or disposition as a liberal disposition, faith, meekness, humility, patience, proceeding from divine influence, spiritual instruction, improvement. Did you ever know that many definitions of grace? What grace is all about? Apostleship or the qualifications of an apostle, eternal life, final salvation, favor, mercy, pardon. Boy, that's a good one, isn't it? Favor, mercy, and pardon. Full of grace, full of grace, full of mercy, favor, and pardon. Wow. See, we, we twist that word around and we say grace. Can okay, anybody say grace? Well, someone say grace before we pray, before we eat. We don't even know what it means. It's God's unmerited favor. And if you're alive today, I'm going to tell you this. You don't deserve it. <laughs> you don't deserve it. Uh-uh. Ain't nothing you did to earn it. You ain't Mr. Sitting on Jesus' lap, homeboy, that he loves you more than anybody else. Uh-uh. And until you come to the realization of what a scoundrel you are, and dare I say it, what a scoundrel I could be right now, we're not for grace. We're not for grace. Neil, I know you want to say something. Go ahead. Don't, I'm not opening up, but I sense Neil's got something appropriate to say. Go ahead, Neil. Grace is like money. Everybody wants it, but nobody wants to give it. <laughs> Grace is like money. Everybody wants it, but nobody wants to give it. And I thank you there, but for the grace of God go I. What's grace? What is it? Favor, mercy, and pardon. Are you extending grace? How you? I'm talking about me. How you doing on that grace thing? Are you holding grudges? Or are you extending grace? Boy, Bible says the same way you forgive, it's going to be forgiven unto you. You still holding that grudge? Are you? Huh? I, I look over my shoulder at some of the crappy things people did to me. I thank God for them because <laughs> here I sit today. And had I, you know, I could still be coaching. I could still be coaching. And look what we would have missed. Now it would have been good. It would have been good. It would have all been good if I'd been the Lord's plan. I'd be coaching and having good teams and all that. that. That would be good. But I got. I wrote down here some stuff, real quickly. I'm going to get there. Of the ministries that have sprung out of or been influenced by this ministry, I wrote down. Silver and Bobby and Craig and Mel and Ohio Brett and Randy and Jr. And I could, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. on. Little ministries that are popping up, people that are doing things. Grace, grace. I don't go around pound my chest and say, oh, yeah, Brett's doing that because of me. Oh, yeah, Craig, he's a Craig got that idea from me. No, no. I try to say, hey, Craig, how can I help you, man? How can I help you ride on that horse, ride that sucker, baby? How can I help you, Craig? Anything I can do? Huh? What, is there anything I can do, Craig? Hey, Mel, what can I do? How can I help you, Mel? How can I help you? Now, ask yourself this. Is this the attitude most of us have? Or is a lot of time spent 
arguing with one another. So I got this yesterday from Brown Cow. And I got to tell you, Brown Cow, it almost broke me too. And uh, folks, this is going to be about six minutes. I just want you to sit back and bask in the goodness of God. Hey, there but for the grace of God go I. I could be in jail. I could have lost my child. My wife could have been unfaithful to me. I could have been unfaithful to her. I could have been in a car accident. I could have got cancer. I could have had a, I could have died from COVID. My wife could have died from COVID. And I don't I don't control any of that stuff. And all of it, the grace of God is all around me everywhere I look. The grace of God. And when you say there, but for the grace of God go I, what do you mean? That could have been me. Why isn't that me? I don't know. Grace of God. Unmerited favor. God. Let the grace and mercy of God fall on you. Go ahead and play that. By the way, this is by Calvin Moore. I don't even know. Big boy, though. Where would I be? You only know I'm glad you see Through eyes of love A hopeless case An empty place If not for grace Where would I be? You only know I'm glad you see Through eyes of love A hopeless case An empty place If not for grace Amazing grace the sound I once was lost but now I'm found a hopeless case a hopeless case an empty place an empty place that was me if not for grace precious Amen. Oh. I'm glad you see, Lord. 
hopeless case. That's me, a hopeless case. An empty place. An empty place. If not for grace, I'm a hopeless case. An empty place. If not for grace, we're a hopeless case. An empty place. Thank God for grace. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed. enough spent you can stop there i remember a uh i remember a song we learned when i was uh in church and unsaved little saint john 
Lutheran Church just down the road. And uh, Pastor Paul Hansen. I was in church and unsaved. Went to church every Sunday and was unsaved. Didn't even know what it meant. And uh, had a little song that he used to sing. Congregation used to sing. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How wonderful, how one, how loving and patient he must be. Because he's still working on me. We're so unlike Christ when we pick at each other. The Bible says somewhere that uh, he opened his mouth. <laughs> They're saying all kinds of horrible things about him. He never even opened his mouth. In fact, when he stood before Pilate, Pilate accused him. What did he say? Hey, don't ask me, dude. <laughs> ask those who heard me. I just think it's important that we understand that we don't have any idea what's coming over the hill, baby. <laughs> uh, we don't have any idea. And if we spend all our time and effort and energy arguing with brothers and sisters. We're not going to be ready for it. What's that old song? He ain't heavy. He's my brother. So I just want to, I want to thank uh, Brown Cow for putting that in there. Calvin Knoll, put that in the chat. Others can listen to it if they want to. And, uh, I appreciate all of you. No, I don't. I appreciate most of you. <laughs> Some of you are paying the ass. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Still working on you. Still working on you. I just wrote some things down here. A friend, look, I, I mentioned this yesterday. It says silver. Silver. Some of you don't know silver. Joe Silver was a, is part of this family. He's been a part of this family for I don't know how long. And Joe has had has uh, golden vocal cords, and he would make recordings for us, and he would record the after show, and then he was hit with a stroke. And, uh, golly, I lose track of time. Year, year and a half. I don't know how long it's been. I'm sorry, Joe, I don't remember. Probably listening right now. And uh, somebody sent me this morning. I, I don't know. I get, like I said, I get so much stuff. And uh, I'm, Craig sent this to me, maybe. Craig sent this to me. And it's an, uh, a calling to the people that Joe Silver um, recorded. Craig, I think this was uh, Gettysburg, I think. Lose track of time. But uh, Joe needs a van. And we need to raise about $3,000 to get it for him. 
I don't know if they have a GoFundMe set up, but you can you can give it here and we'll get it. To, we're get I'm Pastor Saul Ministries is getting Joe a van. You can help if you would like to. Go go ahead and play this. <clears throat> a calling to the people of the United States of America in the month of September, 2022, to be of a contrite and humble spirit, remorseful of the sins of our nation and its people during our generations covering the last 70 years. We have abandoned the Most High God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who indwelled mankind in the flesh through his son Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was crucified, buried, and rose to life on the third day, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. We as a people of this great nation have been so richly blessed by the bountiful providence of God's hand on our country over the centuries. We as a people must now bear the burden of a nation who has turned its back and withdrawn from its historical cords of honoring the scriptural and moral truths outlined in the Bible. By denying these moral truths and not letting them reside in our hearts and minds of the people, as in days past, we as a people have set ourselves up for the Most High God to remove His providential hand of blessings from our nation. We have set ourselves up for judgment to be decreed upon this land. Our sins as a people, by omission as well as commission, have brought our country to the brink of collapse from within and amongst ourselves. Therefore, we are calling on all God-fearing Americans and ministers to lead their respective congregations to be of one accord, daily bowing our hearts and getting on bended knee in the month of September 2022 to be united and of one accord in a spirit of humility, prayer, remorse, with fasting for the sins of our nation and its people. We ask that you pledge to daily take up this calling from the Lord to intercede on behalf of our country and its people. We ask for a Holy Spirit outpouring of conviction upon the churches and peoples that we will confess, repent, and turn from our wicked ways, returning to teaching and obeying the biblical morality and truth defined in the Holy Scriptures. We as a nation have many sins to atone for. We ask that you be in agreement and of one accord on these six topics with intercessory prayer. As the Holy Spirit leads you in this endeavor, please add other areas that are placed upon your heart. These six areas listed below have played a pivotal role in provoking God to bring judgment upon this nation. We as a people have embraced these sins instead of repenting and turning from them. Number one, abortion, the shedding of innocent blood. Number two, homosexual sin, which runs rampant in the country. Number three, sexual immorality, pornography, lewdness, and lascivious behavior, especially on our youth. Number four, breakup of the natural family, 
rampant divorce, Supreme Court redefining marriage. Number five, failure of God's church leaders and its people to defend biblical truth in the public domain. Number six, injustice, human trafficking, gluttony, lack of empathy to our fellow man and their plight. May God hear our intercessory pleas and have mercy upon our people and our nation. Amen, Silver. Amen. Miss you, Joe. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. Uh, I got something I want to share. Craig, I know Craig's got something I want to say. Come on in, Craig. <clears throat> okay. Jamie is... Um... Who's Jamie? Jamie, Who's Jamie is Silver's wife. Okay. okay. I know that. I'm doing it for the audience. I understand. I, I appreciate that, Coach. Um, hey, she just went through hell for last year, okay? It's been a year, Coach, since he had a stroke. And mm. Silver's in there fighting for a good fight. And they've got a $3,000 van that has a lift so they can take him. And when the grandkids have a, have a birthday party at someone else's house, that they they can take him and go and participate in that. I'm contributing to this. There's 114 people in here right now, coach. Yeah. I'm asking I'm asking 114 people to chip in 20 bucks. Now I know everybody don't have 20 bucks. But I'm going to challenge you with this. You probably got a piece of crap sitting somewhere in a closet that's worth 20 bucks that you can put on Facebook Marketplace, yeah. okay? Yeah. That you haven't used in the last 10 years. And I'm asking you to put on Facebook Marketplace and put 20 bucks in it and let the Lord re give you 25 for the thing that you're selling. So it'll be five bucks a head. Amen. Please, please, let's get this thing done. And let's get this man a van so he can go and do some things with his family and not rely on the government to just Amen. take him to the doctor in a, in a wheelchair van. Amen, Craig. Amen. By the way, for those of you who, who don't want to give money through Pass Assault, I, I understand that. Uh, Silver's address is in the chat. You can send it directly to him if you would like to. But I'm committing today that we are giving $3,000 to Silver to buy that van. The The check's going to go out today to buy the van. So you can be part of it if, if you want. And uh, just want Silver to know that, that we love him, we miss him. And, man, if we can just help him get around, what a relief that would be for for his family. Thanks, Craig. Thank hey, you. Thanks. Hey, can, yeah. Coach. Yeah. I I can relate to that. I didn't even know that's what was happening with Silver. I'm sorry. Uh but I so if I make out a check, send it to pass the salt. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I'll send a thousand dollars today. Bless you, Denny. Bless you, Denny. Okay. It will go to Here, Silver. It'll go to silver because he, he probably has more needs than just the, just the van, but that's the van's an immediate need. I'm sure he does. Yep. I, I, I've, I've been there. You know I'm there. Yeah, I know <laughs> I, I'm your dad. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Denny. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Uh, cool. Hey, I'm, I don't mean to be a downer today, but that's just kind of the spirit, okay? Can, can, I, can I do one more? Yeah, of course I can. It's my show. Spencer, pull up, uh, pull up my commentary today because I think it's really, really appropriate. And it's amazing, you know, how you, you wouldn't think this, but writing a commentary can be a weekly burden. Say, oh, I got to write one today. Wouldn't you know it that somebody sent me this today? 
and it was from from are you ready this was october 11th 2012 that i wrote this now let me give you a little bit of background 2012 how long ago is that uh until well that'd be 12 years ago well almost 12 years ago and it sounds like i just wrote it today but i didn't but uh, there's just a lot of truth in here that I want to share with all of us. And again, folks, I don't want, look, I don't want to be a, bound, a downer. I'm a coach. I'm trying to coach us up here. Come on, baby. Come on. 12 years ago, I was saying this. Come on. Has it gotten any better? As we read down through this, ask yourself, has it gotten any better? Do we have any swingers on the call? My wife and I are looking for swingers. Do, do they need to be men? Do you, do you swing with men and animals? AB, is that what you try to do? Sure. Um, huh? Cause, hey, because A.B., dude, you're on your way to hell, dude. <laughs> you, you'd be laughing now, buddy. You ain't going to be laughing long, I tell you that. So Babylon, according to the – is any society or group in a society considered as corrupt or as a place of exile by another society or group? I got that right out of the dictionary, all right? America's become a modern – look, I'm sorry if this sounds repetitive. I'm trying to show you 12 years ago we were spot on, Okay. America's become a modern-day Babylon. What was once the land of the free and the home of the brave has fallen into captivity. We've been conquered, not by a foreign army, but by a foreign ideology. Vinny, there's a boom. Isaiah 1 says, your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. That's Isaiah 1. America is no longer a Christian nation. The sooner we admit this obvious truth, the more clearly we'll be able to see the way out. And although many of us fight to restore the Christian values upon which this nation was founded, our headaches would diminish if we would come to the realization that America is under judgment. By the way, when I wrote this, Romney was running against Obama. That tells you how far back this goes. That doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to fight, but we must face the fact that America is becoming an ever-pagan nation ruled by ever more pagan leaders. Other than a sprinkling of salt here and there, can you name even one strong Christian in a position of power in the United States government? Just one. Can you name just one? I fear you can't. Yes, screw up, Spence. Our nation has been overthrown by strangers. By the way, that's right out of the scriptures. How else can you explain the choice for the leader of this once Christian nation between a battle of a Mormon and a pseudo-Muslim, liberal, Christian, humanistic, communist, which is brew of an American, Indonesian, dual citizen. That's who we had running for president back in 2012. A Mormon and whatever the hell you'd call Obama. Yes, my friends, Christians have been led into captivity into Babylon. Because of the judgment that is upon us, the only choice we have are evil. You see, evil is evil. There's no lesser evil. Evil men will do evil things. But how do we get in Babylon? Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. That's Jeremiah 9, 29.4. The Lord is the one who put us here, friends. It's another sign of judgment on America. A Babylonian nation will select Babylonian leaders. As much as my heart breaks to say it, America today cannot be ruled by Christian leaders. The pagans have us outnumbered. 
America is awash in sin, 2012. Sin has flooded the nation because it's flooded the church. And even though nearly 80% of Americans identify as Christians, we know they really aren't. It's merely their religion of preference when filling out their census report. Calling oneself a Christian today is about meaningless. And by the way, that includes those sitting in the pews. If they were really Christians, they would hate sin, flee immorality, flee idolatry, and hate that which is evil and cling to that which is good. By the way, that's a scripture. Pastors are money-driven. They won't even speak against sin. Folks love to rail about how unchristian our presidential candidates are while looking the other way at the hireling in the pulpit selling out the sheep for a few silver coins. Twelve years ago, Jude says, For there are certain men crept in unaware who are of old, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I suggest you read all of Jude. I was amazed uh, that four year, that every four years, I'm always amazed that every four years, especially this time, Christians get all in a huff over evil. We use our vote for president of the United States as if we were selecting a theologian in chief. And suddenly our choices become sacred and a matter of conscience all the, all, while all we ignore, all the while we ignore the real problem in America. The problems in America be pinpointed at the pulpit. Why is it that we demand godly leaders for America while ignoring the ungodly leadership in the pulpit? Vinny, that'd be a boom right there. That'd be a boom. boom. We, get ticked. we get ticked when candidates support gay marriage while thousands of pastors and their flocks openly embrace what God calls an abomination. Whole denominations of Christianity have turned to pagan beliefs, rituals, an apostasy, apostasy, while we good Christians scream about the spiritual condition of the men vying for commander-in-chief. We expect from our politicians what we do not expect from our Christian leaders. There's a boom, Vinny. In Jeremiah 29, 14, the Lord tells us that it will be a long captivity, 70 years, but that he will not forget his people who remained faithful during this captivity. We need to be in this for the long haul, for the sake of our children, for the sake of the gospel. Twelve years ago, I wrote this. So are you preparing yourself and your family? Are you training your family in the ways of the Lord? Will your family be among those who endure to the end? The hey, White is that House, Swinger still on the call? I'd love who, to hook up with him as well. You would? Well, go go for it then. You'll find them in hell. The White House reflects the schoolhouse. The White House is a reflection of the schoolhouse, the church house, and your house. Judgment begins first in the house of God. Our political candidates have made known their positions on the moral issues of the day. Sadly, many men standing in the pulpit have not made their positions clear. Hell, they won't even tell you who they're voting for. I wonder how, how most pastors would square if they had to publicly state and defend their positions in front of a congregation that they were endeavoring to be elected to lead. 
Heck, many pastors are leading congregations and are afraid to clearly state their positions on issues for fear of dividing the flock. <laughs> that isn't leadership. That's pandering in much the same way political candidates do. Amen. We want a Christian president to rule over a nation where the majority of citizens are only Christians, according to the Census Bureau. America's modern-day Babylon. True believers are in captivity. True believers are in captivity in this pagan land. Twelve years ago, I told you this. Can we be honest here? We're selecting pagan leaders to rule over a pagan nation. We murder unborn children. We dishonor the marriage bed. We covet. We lie. We steal. And we vote for Canada to do the same. Pagan nations have pagan leadership. America's answers are not political. No, says in Jude that strangers devour it in your presence. Have you noticed, folks, have you noticed our nation's being devoured right in front of us? <laughs> we can't even close the border. <laughs> We're giving billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars to protect Ukraine's border, and we can't even, we want to protect, strangers are devouring it right in front of us. That's what scripture says. Hey, it's judgment. We're already, see, judgment isn't coming. We're already there. Before we demand theological purity from our presidents, presidential candidates, perhaps it might be appropriate to look at our own dirty laundry. Let's start with the man in the mirror. Okay, strap in, strap in. Are y'all ready here? As our government leader, are our government leaders forcing you to put your children in the pagan schools? Government making you do that, folks? Do you know anything about the spiritual beliefs of the teachers who indoctrinate your grandchildren every day? You know anything at all about the teachers? Are they married? Are they gay? Are they communist? You know anything about them at all? Do you demand that your teachers, children's teachers, share the same values that are taught in your home? Do you apply the same standards to your child's teacher that you do to presidential candidates? You see, a child becomes like his teacher. Which will be more destructive, your child? The man in the schoolhouse or the man in the White House? Do you sit silent in your church while apostasy runs rampant merely because your family has been members there for generations? Do you sit in an apostate denomination because you were baptized there? Do you attend a church despite the doctrine because you enjoy the worship? or they have a great youth group, or so many of your friends attend as well. You sit silently in the pew as the leadership takes the congregation farther and farther from the truth because you don't want to make waves. Are you more biblically illiterate today than you were five years ago? I'm sorry. Are you more biblically literate today than you were five years ago? Which will have a greater impact on America's spiritual life? the man in the church house, or the man in the White House. Do you lead your family devotions with your children? Do you regularly pray and read the Bible with your spouse? Have you discussed spiritual issues with your own children? Or do you leave that to the youth leader? Have you removed the influence of TV from your impressionable children? Have you checked their iPods and their cell phones to see what they're listening to? Have you checked out their Facebook page? What do you know about their friends? What do you know about their teachers? 
Have you checked out the textbooks that they're using to frame the worldview? Again, which will have a greater impact on your children's spiritual life? The man in your house or the man in the White House? Perhaps we're worried about cleaning up the wrong house. Boom. That's a boom, isn't it? That's 12 years ago from the Holy Spirit. Is it more appropriate today than ever? I say it is. Spot on, Coach. So look, look again. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. We got to. We got to look at the man in the mirror. As Michael Jackson saying, "We look at the man in the mirror. We're the reason all this stuff's going on for us." And it comes back to what we were talking about yesterday. All power's been given unto us. All power's been given unto us. All authority's been given unto us, and we refuse to execute. We will not execute. Why? Because we are under judgment. Somewhere in the scripture it says that when God judges a nation, he he blindfolds the judges. Does anybody know where that is? When when, When God judges a nation, he puts blindfolds on its judges. We're under judgment. We're under judgment. And why are we under judgment? We just we just read why. Now the question comes up then, Coach, what are we supposed to do about it? What are we supposed to do about it? Well, silence isn't golden. It's yellow. So silence hasn't worked very good, has it, right? Silence hasn't worked very good. Uh, going to church doesn't work. Uh, oh, that's that wasn't the one I'm looking for, Spencer, but good catch. Job 9.24, the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where? And who is he? Right? So I, I get worn out and sing the same song. I've been consistent on my song for 12 years. For 12 years, I've been consistent on it. But I want to I want to give you some hope here because it, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of hope so far today, right? Really. I think of the good stuff that uh, that Craig Mickle's doing. Throw up Craig's website there, savinggodschildren.com. Craig isn't just sitting, Craig isn't just sitting around twiddling his thumbs, talking about how bad things are and getting Trump back in office. He may be doing that, but no, he, he's got that going on. Pull up what Mel's doing. Mel's got the Liberty Action Network going on. What the heck's the Liberty Action Network? The Liberty Action Network is she's trying to inspire and get people to work together to fight back against the forces of darkness. What's on? Pull up, pull up OhioBrett.com. You say, what? Who is Ohio Brett? What's he doing? Well, Ohio Brett is traveling around the nation and he's trying to unite uh, like minded people to get engaged in the battle. You say, well, coach, you guys started the Christian Revolution. What happened to that? It fizzled out. It fizzled out because people won't give. It, it, it went. So Brett went a different direction with it. And he's traveled all 50 states. He's trying to wake him up and unify them and making contacts and knowing people. What's Randy doing? I don't I don't even have your Randy's what Randy's doing up there, going out there and, and staking and taking authority. And J.R. Harrison doing his, his show every every morning, been doing it. Folks, there's a lot of really, really good positive stuff going on, but you're gonna to have to get a part of it too. You're gonna to have to get engaged in it, man. Right Amen. where you are. I don't know what that looks like for you. I really don't know what that looks like, but I can tell you it's probably more than what you're doing now. At least Betty's grabbing signs and going out standing on the corner. At least she's trying to do something. Julie, on Central Committee, 
Who would ever thought she'd be on Central Committee? Glenn's on Central Committee. Looking around, Jeff Klein's holding church in the garage, for heaven's sakes. Neil Levy, his wife, Mary, they're out trying to save marriages, for heaven's sake. There's all kinds of great stuff going on. Plug in! Make something happen. If, if, if you have to have that attitude, if it's going to be, it's up to me. You can't wait for somebody else to get moving with it, and then you plug in. Look what Chad's doing and organizing the, the huddles and trying to keep that crew moving, heading in the same direction. And I go down to, I, I could just see, when I start mentioning names, I forget names. Because why? We've got so many people plugged in doing so many good things. Where are you, dude? Look in the mirror. Where are you? Because I'm going to tell you something. Coming in here, watching Coach Dave for an hour and talking about what's going on and then going in the queue and criticizing other other Christians and cutting it, baby. Amen. <laughs> Amen. See, that we don't know who the real enemy is. Boom. Hold up. Now, look, I know I've forgotten a lot of people are doing a lot of good stuff. Dave and Sherry Allison, I know they're plugged in. Uh, Elaine's plugged in. Let's see. Huh? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Mark Trump's been fighting this fight forever behind the scenes. I'm, I'm, oh, I could look at names. I could just run down names up here, who are people that are in the queue. And see, look, look, most of them, most of them doing stuff. They ain't getting patted on the back for it. Nobody's saying anything to them about it. Nobody. Bob Haven's right out there. He's doing what he can. He says, who am I? What do I know? I plugged him into Sheila Holm the other day. They got some stuff. They did They did some pushback against it. Claudine Burnham's out there running for city council, standing up and fighting and pushing back. Craig Mickles all over the place. Dale Sosha. Danica, I look down through here. All kinds of people doing all kinds of stuff. But listen, you cannot sit around and wait for somebody to come around and pat you on the back and tell you how good you are. Because if that's why you're doing it, you got the wrong motive. Amen. Come on. Play your role. Plow your row. Block your man. We'll look at the game films later on. Too many of you will pat it on the back for doing what the hell you ought to be doing. You're doing your job. I, mean, I remember I was sitting down, breaking down film one, one day. See, we used to, when we were back in the old days, you used to have a video projector when I'd watch the, the game film. Every kid's in the room. We're watching the film from the game from the night before. And I would, I, I had this little thing, a little thing that would make the, a camera go forward and backwards, forward and backwards, forward and backwards. You can run the play over and over, over and over. And we always said the eye in the sky does not lie. The eye in the sky does not lie. So some kid, I said, wait, did you get your man on that play? And he would say, yeah, coach, I got my man. And I'd run it back on the click, 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 click. No, you didn't. Why are you lying to me? Click, 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 click. And I, I, you know what I always thought when I did that? When kids, they would, you know what they'd say? They'd say, Coach, you only point out when we make mistakes. You never point out when we do good things. I said, Dude, doing a good thing's doing your job. You should be patted on the back for doing your job. I appreciate the fact that you do. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't need attention and applause because you did your job. You go block your man, and then go block another man, and then go block another man. That's above and beyond the call of duty. Then we'll talk about you. But until then, do your stinking job or get off the field. See, this is coaching, folks. This is hard coaching. This is what life's about. And you better realize this. 
that whether or not Coach Dave acknowledges what you're doing, I can promise you this, your Heavenly Father sees it. He sees it. And the rewards waiting for you are beyond what you can ever imagine. But if you're trying to get awards and applause and pats on the back here, you are totally missing the boat. If you do it for the applause of men, that's all you're going to do. I try to do it for the applause of two nail-scarred hands. Hmm. Hell, Kevin Van Story costing him about everything he has out there, standing up for the truth, speaking the truth of the gospel of the kingdom. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, it's affected his business. It's affected a lot of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it sure has. I go on and I'm rolling down and I'm looking at the names. Mike Muscovitz, what's cost Mike Muscovitz? Oh, come on, man, I know, I know. Huh? Why? Because promises they're going to hate you. You're going to be hated all men. Look what it cost Paul Goslin. They tried to freaking throw him in jail, right? Standing up for the truth. Hey, well, let's all applaud him, pat him on the back. No, you get it, folks? Are you with me? We all want to be, what a brain, what a brain player we are. You're doing your job. You're doing your job. That's what's going on. Say, Coach, you yell too much. I, I don't care. Steve Deck, you have any idea? I'm looking at names. You have any idea what Steve Deck does? You guys have any idea? Hell, Tim Tubra, they threw him out of his denomination. Huh? Tim's probably looking for just anybody to pat him on the back. But we ain't getting pats on the back from fellow believers because fellow believers want patted on the back. Their arms already sore from patting themselves. I'm talking to me. My favorite scene, I've said, I've shared this with you a number of times in The Lion King. Is when the little baby, I get those guys confused. Simba the baby, I think Simba was a little baby. He walks down the hill and he looks down into the water and he sees the reflection of his dad, the Lion King, down in the water. And Simba looks down in there. He's complaining about his dad, about how hard it's going. And the Lion King looks up at him and says, You are so much more than you have become. Boom. That's the American church, baby. That's it. We are so much more. Than we have become. You are so much more than you have become. Come on in, Paul. You know, Coach, the uh, world is getting smaller. I think you understand what I mean by that. Yeah. The connections you've made. And it's what I said before, why I joined was this Christian uh, revolution thing was fantastic. You were the node in the network and all these people like Ohio, Brett, the connections I make with like Doc Pete Chambers in Texas and just my my true men, my true colleagues. Amen. And Amen. What coach? It's all about virtue. Look Amen. that word up. That means man. We don't have men fighting this battle yet. But we're getting there, coach. I just no. love the show. Thanks. Well, I Paul, you know what we got? We guys that want we got guys that want to they, they want to get in here and talk about twosomes and having sex with animals. That's <laughs> They know we're getting stuff done, right? They know we're getting stuff done. How about Angie Ryan and all the stuff Angie Ryan is doing? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Oh, on and on and on and on. I'm going to tell you something outside of the applause of men. But don't you ever forget that the Lord sees it. Oh, the Lord sees it. Yep, and if you get the applause of men right now, baby, if that's what you're after, that's all you're going to get. That's going to be your reward. That's why when you when you do something good for somebody, you're not supposed to brag about it. 
because that's that's the only reward you're going to get. Bible says that the Lord rewards in secret. Hey, look at this. I got every one of my fingers. Got 10 of them. I got two eyes. They both work. Amazing. They both work. Two years of work. I got 10 toes. Toenails are kind of screwed up, but just kidding. Right? Man, oh man. Joanne, come on in. Yeah, the Bible says um, when giving arms, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. That's right. That's right. Amen. So I don't brag. I don't brag that we're getting Joe Silver a car. I'm encouraging you to become part of the blessing. Come on, man. Come on. We'll get Joe a car. You want to be part of it? You want to be part of that blessing? You're sitting around. You don't have any money. Say, oh, God, would somebody do that for me? You doing it for somebody else? It's a law, by the way, sowing and reaping, planting and receiving. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, okay, I heard that. I heard that voice out there. Say, well, Coach, that's easy for you to say, get people to give you money. Yeah, and then I give it away. And you know what happens? <laughs> More comes in. It's unbelievable how that works, isn't it? Isn't that unbelievable? Uh, people give me money and I give it away and more comes in. Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, I'll try it. Hey, we got seven minutes left. Somebody come in here and unwind me. Did I forget anybody? Did I forget anybody out there that's doing great stuff? Because I know you are. Bobby Lee. Pull up Bobby Lee there real quick. Bobby's doing best he can. Unapologetic Christians. He's selling hats and T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. You can find it, Bobby. What the heck? Go to eBay, unapologeticchristian.com. Bobby's got hats. He's doing the best he can to sell some hats and raise some funds to push back and fight against what he's doing. Huh? God bless you, Bobby. Thanks for fighting. Yeah, Bernie, come on in. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, you were talking earlier about, you know, don't become weary and well-doing. And um, then there's another scripture, uh, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. And yep. if you're weary and heavy laden, that means that, you're working or you care, okay? All right. It's not it's not for the careless and, and the lazy, okay? And and you're told to to not you don't have to wear yourself out. You just have to commit it to the Lord and you have and you have to keep at it. And you're and you're told to not lose courage because the Lord is working. It is hard. It is hard. Yep, and that's to, that's to lift you up because it is hard. But there's somebody to find strength and to renew your strength, and you need to do it in his strength and not your own. Amen. Amen. You got to seek him for it. Well, you get you grow weary because you don't feel like anybody cares, right? Hey, real quickly, I got five minutes left here. Pull up the prophet. Thanks. Thanks, Bernie. Pull up the prophet for me, real quick, there, Spence. Standalone email. I got the, I don't even know where I got this, but we were talking about the prophetic yesterday. Remember that? I was talking about. Of the prophetic, and it's not future telling, and it's not it's not an office in the church, although there's an office. That, that's not what it's about. I came across this yesterday. This is for uh, this for Jeff Nell. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is for all, Jeff Nell and all of you, Jeff Klein, and all you guys are standing up and getting pushed back, and they hate you. I came across this yesterday. This is for you. This is for me, by the way. This is for, this is for me. But I, hang on a second. Hey, folks. I would like this place to be 
a, a recharging platform where warriors come to be recharged. And I don't want the after show to become a place where we hack each other up. This should be a safe place. This should be a place where people understand the, the slings and arrows of speaking the truth of God. It shouldn't be a place where you got to come and be, be defended. Shouldn't be. The prophet's a true tell, truth teller. One of the qualities that emerges from the prophet's role is zeal for people to hear and respond to the message. I would say to the truth. The message is internalized in the prophet to such an extent that he or she is unable to divorce themselves from its significance and its meaning. I can tell you this. I have a hard time getting away from this stuff 24 hours a day. I can't get away from it. As Alan Hirsch and Tim Katchman describe it, the prophet's intimate connection with God and his concerns will almost always cause him or her to experience the divine pathos or the suffering of God as he experiences the world. They, prophets, feel God's pain, his long-suffering, his anger. And because of this, they tend to be passionate and spiritual people. Somebody say amen. This is why prophets are so consumed with holiness in the church. They can't help themselves. It's part and parcel with the message itself. They could never deliver the message well if they hadn't first received it and then internalized it. Prophets force us to face the truth of how far removed we are from God. There's a boom, Vinny. Prophets force us to face the truth of how far removed we are from God. They can they call for change, not just for understanding or awareness, because prophetic messages come from God. Prophets tend to see everything in terms of black or right, white, right or wrong. There are a few shades of gray to a prophetic person. And it's hard for prophets to just let things go after they've heard from the Lord. If their message is not received, it's more than merely a personal rejection. It's a spiritual offense. It's one thing for someone not to listen to another person, but not to listen to God is dangerous and has appalling consequences. Prophets value the message so much that they will tell the truth without fear of consequence. They're not prone to needing validation. This is not to say that they cannot have their feelings hurt or be embarrassed. They're human, but the message itself has greater importance than one's own sensitivities. Boom! The prophet's message is often to correct a problem, speaking into the gap between what is what is and what should be. You speak between what is and what should be. As such, it's often a message that people do not want to hear. Prophets are rarely appreciated by their contemporaries. In fact, most of the true prophets in the Old Testament suffered greatly. They're often killed, exiled, marginalized. Even today, many prophetic leaders find themselves rejected by and isolated from the mainstream church. Boy, is that a boom, huh? Is that a boom? Amen, amen. Hey, now's the time to stand up and be counted, baby. We ain't, we ain't in the friend-making business. Love it if everybody loves you, but somebody, a wise man once say, huh? you better be careful when all people good of you. You ever heard anybody say anything bad about Billy Graham? Huh? Joe Lowe's huh? 
Uh -uh. You got to be careful when you're not offending folks. Blessings. I feel better. See you tomorrow.